Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. For today's issue and Shear, we're going to be discussing Bain Hasmanim. Where exactly did Bain Hasmanim come from? What is Bain Hasmanim? And of course, what is the avoda of a Jew during Bain Hasmanim? And what we're going to see is that when we define Bain Hasmanim, what the avoda of Bain Hasmanim is going to be is going to actually vary and depend on each individual Jew, what his personal life circumstances are, where he's holding in life, and of course what he does for a living is going to make a very big difference, as we'll explain. First, we'll thank our sponsor, Anonymous, Lily Nishmash, Mual Menachem, and our Leibley, Bas Avram, and Yehudi Chizdaya, Kirbin Rav Shlomo, then Shamash Havan Aliyah. Anyone else who wants to partner up with us here at the database because you enjoy Shiorim like this and others and want to either give a sponsorship where you have questions, comments, concerns, or have recommendations for Shiorim or Shiorim topics, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data then base, B E I S at gmail.com. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Bain Hasmanim. So Bain Hasmanim culturally is the way we refer to the times when yeshivas are off, right? So um, yeshivas are typically off for the Yom Tovim, and yeshivas are most famously off during the summer. The truth is most schools are off during the summer, Jewish and non-Jewish alike. There are some yeshivas that are perhaps a little bit more stark, a little bit more strong on their learning, and they'll extend a little bit into the summer's man. Maybe they'll have um, special sedarim just for yeshivas benazmanim, where they're, they're actually learning full-time into the benazmanim. Um, but by and large, yeshivas of all um, circles are off um, during these periods of Banazmanim, which once again can refer to Yeshiva week during winter vacation. The moment of this recording, we are, are we are looking at summer vacation, and of course the Yom Tovim. So there's winter break, but there's also when you're off for Pesach, you have that that chunk of time in Nisan, um, and um, then of course there's the Chagim in Tishrei, um, with the exception of Sersimate Shuva when there is typically a shiva. Um, but the, the vacation periods are referred to as banas manam because these are in between, literally in between the times, the, the regulars manam of learning. And so it's sort of like a, a twilight zone, if you will. Um, not, so as opposed to the ben hashmashos, the actual twilight that we have in our, our regular um, Jewish um, you know, calendar day, I guess the hours of the day, so we have a Bain Hasmanim period in between the times of regular learning. And so the question is, is there, is there a makom, is there perhaps a source, an, um, an origin for such a thing? Is this a Jewish concept? Because you know, the non, you know, non-Jews, they're off from school during this time. And so what about us um, as Jews? So um, you know, how does this all relate to us? So when uh, you consider different sources that might relate to what a Jew is supposed to do during Ben Hasmanim, and whether or not it even exists, I'll point to a number of sources, but starting off very basic with the source in Brachos on Lamed Hayam and Beis, where Rava literally told his students, I don't want to see you during Nisan and Tishrei. And he says, this is the time that you're working your fields. This is the time that you're amassing, you know, the produce that you need, your livelihood, your parnasa. When you're engaged in that, I don't want you to show up at the yeshiva at all. I want you to be literally out there doing your work and getting all the things you need. 
And then Bezran Hashem, you'll come back strong for Torah. You know, where there's a mission in Perkei that says that Torah, Yafa Torah in Melacha, Torah in Derech Eretz, there are different versions, in Kemach in Torah, various different um, uh, permutations of descriptions in Chazal that tell us that Torah needs to be with some source of a livelihood. There are different arrangements of how each person could do it. There's the famous machlokas between Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and Rabbi Shmuel. Should a person make a livelihood just of learning Torah, or should the person um, split his time and uh, learn some and work some, learning and earning? And it's a famous machlokas. And the the seeming conclusion from the Gemara is famous, but of course, Yechide Skula can um, can make the make a choice for themselves if they want to do something that seems less practical, but more um, idyllic, um, or idyllic. But the the point is that this is a long-standing, um, I guess you could say, a debate of sorts. But the but the sources in Chazal are, are pretty basic that talk about the need for the livelihood, and the whole point of going out into the world is at a time where you can create the means for you to be able to learn later. Now, this is just a, a source in general for going out and working and using that time primarily for that and not primarily for learning. Um, now, the the question then is, what about our Bain Azman, and is there... Um, you know, is, is, there, is there a makom for us to just take a full break? So this is something that we spoke a little bit about um, during Lagba Omer, actually. Um, we put out a, a mashir on, on, this, uh, on this series about Lagba Omer, about how Lagba Omer can also be a time where we take a field day, all for the purpose of, of getting our energy out and, and restoring and recovering and recharging so that we can come back to the yeshiva, to the base managers with full energy. Now, what um, what this all seems to be um, directed towards, as, as as we're saying this, is a person who mostly spends their time in yeshiva, but they have to go out and either get work, or they have to you know eventually take the break of banismanim. But the point is that at first glance, the this is talking to the yeshiva guy who is able to have a little bit of a break from his learning. But what that would seem to say is that a Jew who's doing something else, that a Jew who's spending uh, most of the regular days of his year working, where he's maybe being Kovea Itim Latora a little bit, or whatever time he sets during every day, but since he's mostly working, really, um, whatever he's going to get of his vacation, whenever that is, whatever is on his work schedule, or whatever he's going to do during his quote-unquote Benazman, during his summer vacation, his winter vacation, his uh, Yom Tovim, so it's going to translate very, very differently. In fact, this is um, this is um, very explicit in the Ramah, in Orachayim 290, so that's Reish Tzadi, um, and Sif Beis. So the Ramah basically states that working men, you know, who don't study Torah all week long, so for example, when it comes to Torah on Shabbos, so... So consider how, you know, for, for many people, Shabbos is a time where you want to relax, you want to eat, and you want to spend time with family. And this is all true, and this is all fair and all appropriate for Jews of all walks and Jews of all livelihoods, even if your livelihood is Torah. However, the Ramah says explicitly that if you're not studying Torah all week, then on Shabbos, so more so than Torah scholars, right, Talmidei Chachamim, who are learning all day, all, you know, all week long, and um, per, perhaps we would extend this to Bnei HaYeshiva, who are, who are learning all week long, so they should indulge more in Torah, 
Um, since uh, and, and the Tamid Chachamim for them, the people who are engrossed in Torah all week long, they should actually indulge more in food and time with family because they spend so much time on Torah during the week. But the point is that um, Shabbos and Yom Tovim, we see that there is more of a responsibility for those who are normally working to actually spend more amounts of time in the base measure, more amounts of time with the safer open because of the Torah that they're not typically learning during the week. In this vein, my Rebbe of Anderson Sachs brings down in his master work on Talmud Torah, he has a sefer, I'm not sure which of the titles is the official name of the Sefer, but um, Rav Yonason Sachs, um, his Sparam are encyclopedic, and he has a whole um, um, simon dedicated to the Avon Bittel Torah. And there, he he spells this out very nicely, um, based on the Mishnah and Pirkei Avos. Maldivir Rabbi Meir, Right, a person says the mission is a person who wants to be mevatel Torah, so he's going to have many means to be mevatel. I mean, if, if you're looking for a reason to do bittel Torah, you're going to find it. It's not that hard. So the Rebbe quotes the Chavetz Chaim in his Sefer Shar Shmiras Shabbos and he quotes it in the name of the Sefer Toldos Yoshua. Um, quoting Chazal, that the Torah asks Hashem, when the Bnei Israel get into Eretz Yisrael, so Zerat's the Karmo, this one's going to run to his vineyard, so and, and so on and so forth. So, Anim, what's going to be with me? asks the Torah to Hashem. So, Heishavla, so Hashem responds, Shabbos ben Zugcha, he says, Zugach, Shabbos is going to be your Zivug, Shabbos is going to be your Shidduch. We find something similar in the Rishami that lo nitnu Shabbos as v'yam tovim leYisrael elakadei laasok b'hem b'Torah. So, um, so we see here very explicit sources in reference to Talmud Torah and its connection to Shabbos and Yom Tov. Times when people are off, times where in their own vein are a, a form of a bein hazmanim. These are really times for learning. Right, so again, we're not talking necessarily right now to the Ben Hayeshiva, though I'll get to the Ben Hayeshiva in a second, but to, you know, regular people, Baal who work, whatever they're doing for a living. I would say even to Mechanchem, who, yes, they're engaged in Torah, but it's obviously a different a level, different quality, a huge mitzvah, mitzvah rabbi, I would say, um, and a Messir Snefesh for sure. But the, the, the quality of Torah learning that you can be doing, you know, in, in terms of with the level that you are on, so Shabbos and Yom Tov should be dedicated to that. And the uh, Chavetz Chaim continues in the name of the Sefer Tildes Yeshua. It says, All the days of the week came to Rudin B'Malachta and they're engaged in their work, they're, they're burdened by it, in their business. And they don't, they don't have the time, the, the open time, um, the unoccupied time to engage in a full kavias of the Torah learning. When it comes to Shabbos, they are free from their work, and they're able to engage in Torah uh, uh, in the appropriate way. So it talks about Baal Batim um, um, taking a pause from their work and splitting their Shabbos really into threes. So we have one, um, you know, the um, you have um, obviously having your Shabbos, but then you also have being in the base Medrash. So the point is that that there there's a time and place for everything, but Shabbos and Yom Tov has to be a time for engaging in Torah. 
know, this concept of Benazman, you know, also appears in uh, various mafarshim. Um, so, for example, the the Maharsha in uh, in Shabbos, Masech Shabbos and Daf Beis, I believe. So, the Maharsha refers to the Bachur Mevatlim Rov Hayamim Bevenazmanim. He talks about how how um, you know the the adolescents, the the young men who spend most of the days of their Benazmanim being Mevatel, disturbing Torah study. Or not, and it doesn't mean disturbing other people's learning, but disturbing their own learning. Um, and he says, He says, well, waxing poetic, he says that they go in the streets in their bitulim and their tiulim. They, you know, they are doing their, the things that are being mavatal, things that are canceling out the Torah, and their tiulim, their trips. So now, is, is the Marsha taking a jab at yeshivas that go on tiulim? So I don't know if I would say that necessarily, but the point is, what are you spending most of your days doing? Now, there's a time for recharging, absolutely. But the question is Iker and Tafel. Now, the your question you can also consider is whether or not the Maharsha was was talking to... Um, oh, by the way, this is Shabbos, Daf Kuf, Yud, Tes, Amad, Beis. Um, but the, well, the question is, was the Marsha talking to Bnei HaYeshiva? Was he talking to about other people? Sounds like he's talking to Bnei HaYeshiva. He's talking to uh, to the Bachurim, the young men. But the, the point is that... And we, we see here a certain hashkafa that's being applied to Ben Azmanim. And what, what's going to emerge in just a little bit is what we're going to see um, is that this seems to be that Ben Azmanim, times when we are not distracted by other things, it seems almost equal, even though we saw in the Ramah a difference between Shabbos observance, so to speak, um, between um, um, you know, Torah scholars who learn for a living and and Balabatim who do not, but it seems to be that there's going to be almost an equivalence between all kinds of Jews when you have extra time, and so and that's something that's going to be very very important in just a short bit. I'll continue some of my Rebbe's words, but I first want to just point you uh, point out to you the words of Rav Chaim Shmulevitz. Rav Chaim Shmulevitz has a whole piece dedicated to Ben Hazmanim. He has it by Parshas Shoftim of all places. We'll explain why in a second. But he titles his piece Hefsik Vehesachadas Sakanas Ben Hazmanim. So Hefsik, literally an interruption, Vehesachadas, and a mental lapse. Sakanas Ben Hazmanim, the Sakana, the danger of the intrinsic danger of Ben Hazmanim, this period that we call Ben Hazmanim. The, uh, the Rav Chaim Shemalavitz starts off by talking about the parsha of the Melech. talks about the the second uh, Sefer of Torah that the that the Melech is supposed to have just for himself. And he quotes Ahavamin in the Gemara in Sanhedrin and Daf Chafal from the base. See, you would think that the king has to have this Sefer Torah with him since the Pasuk says, Kol Yemei Chayov, right? V'haisa imo v'karabo, Kol Yemei Chayov, has to be with him. And he has to read it all the days of his life. So you would think that the Melech would take this Sefer Torah with him literally into the bathroom and into the into the sauna, into the shvitz, you know, the place where he bathes. Ela de Gali Krub, if not for the fact, says Rechaim Shalaz, that the Pasuk revealed to us, we have a gzer sakas of v'haisa imo v'karabo, makam haroi likrosbo. The Torah... Um, you know, the Torah is for him to be in, um, uh, to be read. Therefore, it has to be a place that's roadway that's appropriate for him to read from it. Therefore, not so in the bathroom. Even though you would have this hava amina you know, that he would have to. And so he explains based on this and based on the seal sishtarim shehesechadas hu hamafsed a gadol shal kinyas ayira. Right, the whole part, the whole purpose of the melech having his own sefer Torah, so that he should learn from it and have yiras Hashem, and says. 
Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, based on Ramchal's Mesiyasi Sharem, that one of the Mafside Yira, the things that bring a person to Yira, the things that cause a hefsid, the things that cause a loss of a person's Yira, is the Hesechadas, the mental lapse. When a person um, backs away from learning for a little bit and, and interrupts. And and and, and Rav Chaim Shlevitz uses this um, as a springboard to develop the you know the, the, the importance of 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 keeping your learning going, um, you know for for all Jews alike. He quotes uh, similarly the Gemara story about Rabbi Preda, who um, so he, he there was a per, there was a Talmud that he learned four hundred times with, and then there was one day that there was a Hazagadas, and they had to teach him four hundred times again to get the same limud back. And what's the point? The point is that that time was valuable. All the time was valuable, and he and if and if it was if there was a hefsik, so something was lost. In a similar vein, um, he he talks about a concept. He um, he doesn't name it this, but this is a concept of, of learning beritzifus. Um, in, um, in my in my community, so where um, I in, in my shul, my kahila, where I run the boys based medrash program. So we have a special program for the middle schoolers known as learning beritzifus, and uh, this is part of the the shul's mishmar program. And the idea which I spoke over really comes from Rechaim Shlavitz's piece on Hasechadas is the importance of, of, of Ritzifus learning. And what is Ritzifus? Ritzifus means doing it consecutively without interruption. And uh, and in, in the inaugural Learning Beritzifus event for the middle schoolers, I quoted from uh, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz's piece where he talks about literally this point and where um, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz brings um, two models for us to consider. One model is if you have a pot on the fire, let's say you're trying to cook noodles. So noodles, however long it takes to cook, to cook let's say seven minutes, ten minutes, whatever it is, and that, that's not my area of expertise. Um, but if a person puts noodles on the fire in the water, they want to boil the water, whatever it is, so imagine putting the pot on the fire for one minute and then taking it off, then putting it back on for another minute and then taking it off. And imagine doing that for all the time it should normally take to prepare the noodles. Let's say you do that and you multiply it by you know, 10 times the amount of, t- of, t- of minutes it should take to boil the pot of noodles. And guess what? You're never going to have a, a pot of noodles that's prepared. And that's because you lack the consecutiveness of the noodles, of the pot, of the water being on the fire. It's never going to cook. And the same is true for our learning. Our learning, we are not going to, the, the bishal process that takes place on us in our learning is not something that's going to actually take place if we are not ourselves being shakua in it. We have to be engrossed in it. We have to be stooped into it. And the learning that we do has to be consecutive. So, you know, the, the, that's one, one model to consider when we talk about learning Beritzifas, not having interruptions in our learning as much as possible. Um, but the other aspect is the, uh, what uh, Rav Chaim Shlavitz brings from the story of Rabbi Akiva. When Rabbi Akiva was away for so many years, ma- amassing all of his Talmidim, after 12 years he comes back, and when he, um, he overhears his wife Rachel saying to her father, Kalba Savua, that I would have my husband Akiva go back and learn for even 12 more years, and Rav Chaim Shlavitz points out what the Gemara does, what's incredibly insane by our standards, Rabbi Kiva doesn't even go in to say thank you, to say hello to his wife, but he turns back and goes straight back to the yeshiva. And the question is, you know, how, like you know, most of us would at least go in just to say hi, you know, to um, and, and and then we would turn back. 
But Rechaim Shavitz explains that Rabbi Kiva and his wife Rachel were on the same page in this regard, that they both value, they were machshiv so much, the idea of your consecutiveness and your learning, not to have uh, a bitzel, not to have a hefsik of any sort, that there was an understanding, a mutual understanding that Rabbi Kiva w- should go right back and go back to learning. And he understood it from his wife's words at that moment, that that's what was necessary. Now, we're talking about perhaps extreme levels when we think about Rabbi Akiva, um, but the point, the point is that when it comes to our, you know, our, our, our standard, whatever that might be, we can never have a period where we're just not learning at all. And even if you're a Ben HaYeshiva, and I would say especially if you're a Ben HaYeshiva, because um, as uh, Rav Chaim Yivalajan points out, that the more opportunity that you have to learn, the more capability that you have to learn, the greater is the avon of Bittal Torah for you. The greater is the sin of being Mavantal your Torah. So, um, you know, these, these are just some things to think about. And before we finish, I'll just quote to you a, a couple of more ma'amarim that my Rebbe Rav Yonas and Sachs brings down. He quotes from the stipler of the Kalas Yaakov in his Sefer on Shabbos, Simen Yud Aleph. He talks about what the Hagdara for the Chiv of Talmud Torah is. What is the framework? What is uh, for, 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 for the Chiv of Talmud Torah, the obligation of Talmud Torah? When exactly does this Chiv exist? So Stipler points out that this is um, that the fact that the Torah does not set a time for when you must learn just tells us that you have to learn as much as you are able to. The standard is so. The basic standard is you know at least sometime in the day, sometime in the night. But the real idea of if you're Really, every free moment, all, um, all periods of unoccupied time, really is the time that's supposed to be spent learning Torah. So the question is, how much of your time in Bein Azmanim is time that you can call unoccupied time, that you don't need to be on break, whatever it is. So then, that unoccupied time, it belongs to your Chiv of Talmud Torah. In fact, uh, the, the Chazanish as well. Um, Rebbe speaks out that when uh, when Chazanish first arrived to Eretz Yisrael, when he wasn't really so well known, so um, he he was asked by um, whether it was um, I don't know if it was a representative of a yeshiva, whoever it was that asked him, you know, do you, do you learn Torah? And the Chazanish said, I learned during my free time. And you know, for us that that might sound like oh boy, that's that's not a great answer. But Chazanish had a 16 free hours a day, where he you know th- th- that was his free time that he spent learning. And, the, and it, it makes sense that the Chazan should be the one that would say that um, that something that is twisted can't be fixed, something that's lost, and something um, you know, that, that can't be found. The Chazanish says that you can't make up missed time. Missed time is something that's it's it's, a, it's such an aveda, it's such a such a loss, such a hefsid. You can't you can't really make up for the time that is gone. So that time has to be. Spent on on Torah learning. And just to close out, I'll make two points that my Rebbe has made several on several occasions about the sinyan of of the time that we give to Torah, especially during a time like Bein Hasmanim. But uh, the the idea is simply that throughout our lives we have various responsibilities that are tugging at us. So if a person is going to college and they're getting livelihood, and even if they're in yeshiva college, they have the responsibilities of yeshiva college. The dual curriculum, which is a grueling curriculum, it's exhausting, it's, it's tough. And even if you're not doing that, let's say you're learning most of the time, but then you're going to get a livelihood. Then, of course, you have family, you have the kids, and, 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 and whatever have you. 
we have a lot of responsibilities that are tugging at us. And then for you know, for that reason, our learning time, the time that we give to the actual A second Talmud Torah, is necessarily going to be compromised, even if we're doing our best to be Kovea Eaton. And you know, the, the, we get we have disturbances, the quality of our learning is not as high as it should be, or as high as we want it to be. And there are, again, there are many distractions, and many of them wholly good, positive distractions. Uh, the question then is what happens when we are not being distracted by those things, right? Um, perhaps during the Zman, when we're distracted by all those things, right? If let's say the Zman for us is a Zman of working, or let's say it's a Zman of dual curriculum, whatever the Zman may be, but... While we are able to plead ones, we are able to plead that this was an extenuating circumstance that I was just unable. Hashem, my circumstances were not such that I was able to do that. And the question is, what do you do when those, uh, when those obstructions are not there, when the distractions and obstacles are not there, when you are on Benazmanim, where you have a vacation, even if you're on a regular work schedule, but Shabbos comes along, you're on your regular work schedule, but now it's your vacation. Whenever on the on the calendar it may be, really doesn't matter. When the when the when the ones is not there, the kids are at camp. You know, you, you could make up the scenario where you have that open window of time. And the question is, what do you do during that time? And if you cannot answer confidently that you devote every single ounce of your energy to Talmud Torah, then you have effectively disqualified all of the other times that you weren't learning when you were pleading ones, when you said, I was not able to. But if when you're able to, you don't, you are just megala, you reveal about yourself what, um, you know, what, what you would have been doing during that free time, during that special twilight period of Ben Asmanim when you weren't learning. So you, 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 you have failed to justify the missed time during the Zman. And once again, all of it is time that cannot be made up. Now, that's one point. And the other point is that when it comes to Bittal Torah, so my Rebbe likes to point out that we don't measure Bittal Torah in terms and in increments of just days of spent learning or hours spent learning or not spent learning, but the increments should be measured in terms of minutes and even seconds of Torah learning, something that we spoke about um, when, we, when we lost Rav Chaim Kanievsky, but the, the, the point is that Bittal Torah comes in many different forms. Sometimes it even comes in the forms of what kind of Torah that we're choosing to learn. But right now we're just focusing on whether or not you're engaged in the learning at all. And at the end of the day, the, you know, the, the Torah has to be learned. And not just at the end of the day, but at the beginning of the day, and at any free moment. The, the, there's, there's, there's Bittal Torah of so many different forms, and Bain Hasmanim, which for many people is a time to be a little bit more relaxed, and I would say, yes, you should make the time, put it into your schedule to relax, put it into your schedule to not learn, and also put it into your schedule to learn, and make sure every moment that you spend is a purposeful moment. The moments that you are learning, you are engaged fully in the Torah Hashem, and the moments that you are not, you are preparing to be engaged fully in the Torah Hashem. That's really what it comes down to. That's why we're put here for, L'Kach Natsarta. And we should really be Zoha to use our time wisely to make the ultimate best of our Bein Hazmanim, and of course, um, to, to kasher um, all of the time spent during this man. And and Bezer Hashem, we should maximize the best of every single zman that we have, whether it's Bain Hazmanim or during the regular zmanim, whatever it may be. But we should be zocha 
So always keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at the database.